So this is the answer to you being able to retire without a 401k, without a traditional IRA, without any sort of traditional retirement plan whatsoever. There is an answer for it. Gasp. You can do that? <laughs> I love that you've adopted this. Just I'm going to troll in the first 10 seconds and then we'll get serious. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have fun. And then this is honestly the answer though. I if you watched our previous episode, this could very much be a part two to the previous episode that we recorded and is available now. You can go watch that. It is all about why the 401k is the devil. If you have a 401k, get rid of it. This is not financial advice. It's totally up to you. But <laughs> <laughs> don't take my advice. I'm 20 years old, but don't have a 401k. <laughs> I, I, we, I was very hard on 401ks the last uh the last episode that every we... day of your life yes yeah i've been hard on 401ks for the past decade and for good reason and i i haven't had anyone approach me in a way that taught me a different perspective on 401ks and why it should be a good idea for somebody so if you want to know about why you shouldn't have a 401k if this is your first one go back and watch that episode yeah so it will be beneficial for you to watch that so make sure to check that out but that being said, this is actually the answer to that. So if a, a traditional retirement account doesn't work, or in my opinion, isn't the best option for people, what actually works and what I've come up with and what we practice and what I teach is called the wealth cycle. Okay, so what is a wealth cycle? A quick definition of what a wealth cycle is, it is a specific set of investments that work and operate above you, not in the background. I'll explain the difference in that. I don't believe it's in the background. It operates above you. That way your net worth is always growing. Your money is always working for you. And the reason that it works above you and not behind you is because you're actually at the bottom of your wealth cycle. Your wealth cycle wants to be feeding you over time. If something's working in the background, that means you're in the front of it. I don't want you in the front of your wealth cycle. I want you at the bottom of it. In my opinion, that's different, but we'll go into details about that. So a wealth cycle to me is a specific set of investments that are operating above you that even if you have a bad day and make a bad decision, your net worth increases and your wealth increases. I am learning about this too. I actually don't have a wealth cycle at the moment. You Oh, you just started it. I'm so excited. To talk I, about I have it. just started it. Yes. I am learning about this too. So we're learning this together. Yeah. Okay. I, do you want to go into what you just did? So... Should, would you like me to explain the first couple steps or would you like to discuss what you just did first? You can explain the first couple steps. Okay, cool. And then that'll give a little context yeah, to what you just yeah. did. Okay, so there are three levels, three, count them, one, two, three, of a wealth cycle, in my opinion. There is a beginner stage, okay? This is where you're just getting started. The only thing that matters is that you get started because you can't build anything without starting. And that's, I don't care if you want to get a job, have a career, uh, draw a picture. It doesn't matter. I mean, anything, get out of bed in the morning, make your bed, like no matter what your task is, whatever you're designing, none of it happens without you getting started first. So the only thing that matters in the level one phase is getting started. And I'm going to explain how those correlate with a couple financial principles in order. That way it's building stability in your life and building wealth in your life. The second stage is where you're actively practicing and building and adjusting your wealth cycle. So you're adding different types of investments, you're refining, you're reflecting on them, going, do these fit for my life? How is this adding to me? And then the third level is your end game wealth cycle, where you're actually living off your wealth cycle. And then you're going to be practicing the last financial principle, which is I'm going to be teaching people what I do. 
that way you can spread that message. It creates fulfillment in you and you're going to be focused more on purpose than just dollars. So those are the three phases or three levels of a well cycle and it will grow throughout. It starts very small. And to my point, the beginner level, you just have to start. So what did you just do? I'm buying a house. You buy your first house. Tell us about it. Um, I've been looking for months now. I have walked a few and I finally found one that I really liked and I was like, I could live in this house. Mm-hmm. So I put an offer in on the house. Do you want me to go into the, the details on yeah, that? Or? Why not? Okay. Yeah. People, I mean, people want to hear it's, it's, I mean, you're 20. Yeah. Buying your first house. This is incredible. And why I am so proud of you is because you started listening at 16 really listening at 16. So here you are at 20, just three, four years later, you're buying your first house, you're starting your wealth cycle. Why I'm so proud of you is because there isn't a big outlier situation where you're coming from family money, you have a gigantic following out of nowhere on social media, so you're getting fed advertising dollars. Nothing like that has happened. All you've done is listen, not make excuses, follow steps, make mistakes, learn from them and get better. That's it. And within three, four years, you're buying your first house. I am. I'm so excited. Yes. So I uh, found a house that I really liked. It was listed for $89,000 and I walked it and then we decided ultimately we said, I was the first person to walk it and we were like, we need to put an offer in right now. So I called Todd and I was like, Todd, I need your help. And I said, ideally, I would not like to spend more than $95,000 on this house. He was like, we can do that. So I put an offer in for $92,000 and we did... we incentivized it with $5,000 earnest money. What else did we do? You strengthened your offer without actually having to change your finances. Yeah. The the, the big piece for me here. He is, said, put $5,000 earnest money. And I said, what's earnest money? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it is good faith money that shows your strength. It's technically non-refundable, typically non-refundable unless the, you know, the seller were to back out. It shows strength in, in your finances and your effort of like, hey, I really want this. If you really want to do this too, like, let's get this done. That's what that money shows. Yeah. So I put 5000 earnest money in and I said, um, if you accept this offer, we'll do that. And 24 hours. I gave him 24 hours to do it. Mm-hmm. Found out <laughs> my realtor was like, there is 18 showings scheduled between now and 24 hours from now. And I was like, oh, perfect. Okay. So we need to like, we need to put a date on this and we need to like, you yeah, know, put some make, pressure on yeah. it. And so um, the seller came back and they were like, we really like the idea of a young female living in this house. We have four other offers. You're not the highest, but they liked the earnest money. See, that's that's the strength factor. Yes, they liked the earnest money and they liked that I was a young female. And they said, if you can give us 95 for it, we will cancel all of our other showings. We will decline all the other offers and we will sell the house to you. And I said, deal. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so exciting. First house. You've done a wonderful job. We could go into a bunch of other details on it, too, and how you're actually going to get paid at closing. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do that another time. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll go into the full details of it um, just to show like how you can be creative and get things done without actually having to change your finances. So that was really cool. But what you did is you started your wealth cycle. I'm so excited about this. In my opinion, the greatest thing that you can possibly do is put your money into something tangible so you can touch it. It's a hard physical asset in which... Your money will stay safe, right? You're putting it into something of value that your money is eventually going to come back to you. Yeah, and it will pay me later. Yeah, why would I? It? When I well, when I move out too, mm-hmm. I the plan is to live in the house for a few years, and then once I get somewhere else to live, uh, it'll become a rental. Yeah, or you'll sell it and have yes. tax-free profit. Yes. Yeah. So, 
you you've done so many things well so okay so the first first level of well cycle we just got to get going we just have to start building something so what is a well cycle that's operating above us a well cycle is where you have investments that are strategically and specifically placed to fit your life so this isn't just a savings account the, the beginner level, the first thing that it does is it teaches you principle financial number one, financial principle number one is that you have to pay yourself first. So one of the ways that you're paying yourself first is now by paying into your own personal property. Yeah, every time I pay my, pay my mortgage, I'm paying myself. Exactly. So when you pay that principle down, you're actually gaining value into that property. When inflation occurs, you're gaining value in that property. When appreciation occurs, you're gaining value in that property. So because of this one action that you've taken, you now have three benefits, three financial benefits or possibilities that are occurring for you. That's the start of your wealth cycle. So your dollars have the ability to go into something of value, and those, those dollars eventually have the ability to come back to you. That's why I'm saying you're at the bottom of the wealth cycle. You're not behind it. You're not in front of it. You're at the bottom of it. So everything that you create and everything that you build above you should flow down into you, and then you make the choice of how do I put it back into the wealth cycle that way it grows and speeds up and gets bigger without me having to specifically work on it day to day so now you have the ability to focus on your career build your photography and videography business build this podcast build the social media build everything that you're so good and love doing and having fun doing meanwhile this thing is just operating above you so every time you make a payment your money gets to stay there and you'll eventually get to extract it back out now most people or many people would say, well, what if the value drops? The key here is that you bought value at a discount, which is value or which is financial principle number three. Okay, so there's four financial principles that you have to know. It's in this order of importance. Financial principle number one is you have to pay yourself first. Okay, financial principle number two is you have to get debt on a plan. Financial principle number three is that you have to understand true value. And then financial principle number four is that you teach someone else what you've learned because it creates longevity and you, it keeps you consistent and you continue playing the game even though you're living off your wealth cycle at that point. That's what's really important about this. So you got started. So now you have your business and now you have your first piece of real estate, which is going to create options for you. The best part about starting a wealth cycle like this, especially with something tangible, such as a house in your uh, personal situation, is that for you to be able to get the house, what do you have to do? You have to practice financial principle number one of paying yourself. You have to come up with your down payment. Even if it's small, Like you have to be able to come up with that. And the second thing you have to do is you have to have debt on a plan because the bank's not going to lend to you if your debt's all over the place and you're not making your payments. So you're practicing both those financial principles and getting started. And now you have your first little tangible asset that is going to pay you eventually, okay? It's not cash flowing day one. We understand that. An asset is something that either cash flows and pays you, okay, puts money in your pocket, or has a plan to. And you can you can measure that plan and say, this has a plan for this money to be able to come back to me. That money will eventually come back into you. Then you can ask yourself, how can I put it back into the well cycle? That way it grows faster. So that's the be that's the beginner level. So that's why I'm so excited for you and you beginning this phase because you're only 20. That's why I've said millionaire by 23. So mine is like a little tiny little seed. I have a little, I have a, like a little seed, maybe like a twig sticking out of the ground of my wealth cycle. Explain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a awful drawing I'm doing with my hands. I thought that was an awesome drawing my little for our twig, audio listeners. <laughs> my little twig is coming out of the ground. Okay. It's like baby Groot. It's literally like seed lit Groot. You have big Groot, big, strong Groot. Yeah. Explain that. What does your wealth cycle look like? So it's 
So it started as little seed group. Yeah, absolutely. I love this analogy, by the way. I'm so happy that we're doing this. So you got little baby dancing group. I do right? have little baby dancing group with those headphones on, just having them. I'm having so much fun just doing start. this. So for anybody that hasn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy, go see it because it's amazing. <laughs> we're plugging group. Marvel right now. Yeah. Marvel needs our help. Yeah, may I? Marvel needs our help. Yeah. So, okay. So it started small. That's why I'm saying there's three different levels to this. So you getting started, that's level one. Anybody can start. Anybody can commit to starting and saying, my dollars are going to go to something that will at least hold its value. You're starting by paying yourself. Exactly. The first time you intentionally decide to pay yourself first and put money into an account and not touch it, because eventually if you have a plan to use that money for a house or something that's going to pay you back, that's, that's enough. Just starting there. Oh yeah. That's the start to your wealth cycle without question. So like, this is the start to mind buying a house, but like, even if you can't afford to buy a house at the moment, the first time you pay yourself first, you're, you're getting there. Absolutely. So you really started your wealth cycle of paying yourself first, probably a year ago, two years ago, 18 months ago. I've been practicing that principle without knowing it for a long time. Right. You just weren't aware of it. I just wasn't aware of it. Like when I first had my my first part-time job, every paycheck I got, I would take $100 out of it and put it in a savings account. That's how I saved my first like five to $10,000. Nice. That's yeah. Pr- that's, so like I've been doing it for a long time, but intentionally for the last year and a half. That's fantastic. That's yeah. perfect. That's a perfect example. So that's, that's the start. That's the start to your wealth cycle. And a lot of people go, hey, that seems too simple. It's very simple to start. This next phase, the the actively practicing and actively adding and subtracting assets from your wealth cycle, this is where it gets a little bit more in-depth. So the second phase to this where you're actively practicing is financial principle number three. It's where you understand true value. This is where you're going, okay, I have my personal home. I am financially stable. I have probably a job at this point, a job, a career, a business, something that you're- You're generating income. (laughs) Yes. It's something you are creating active and earned income from. Typically, that's how you're living. You're not living off your wealth cycle right now. And you don't need to be. You don't need to be in a rush for it. Sometimes these these levels and phases take six months to, to level up. Sometimes it takes six years to level up. It's, it's not a race. It depends on the person. depends on their situation. It doesn't really matter. It's just important that you're practicing and you understand. So the second phase being, I'm going to actively practice on adding and subtracting assets that don't work for me. So we'll use you as an example. In the next couple of years... You know, as you're paying your house down, you're going to be looking to add. Rent, you want to add rentals, right? The goal is like a year from now to add a rental. Okay, we'll probably make that happen in the next forty-five to sixty days. But the goal okay. is buy a year from now. If I don't have a rental, that's when I'll be mad. <laughs> a year from now, I, within the next year, I want to have a rental. Yes. Okay, so you're looking to add another tangible asset. Yes. Asset. This is why this is level two. You are actively looking to add assets to your wealth cycle to speed up the cap- the velocity of your capital. Yes. So level two says, okay, I am now going to add a rental. What kind of rental am I going to add? What you're going to do is you're going to add this rental. And then over time, you're going to reflect on it and go, does it actually add to my life the way that I want it to? If I had 50 more of these, would my life look better or worse? And when your answer is it wouldn't look as good or it would be a problem, you know you have to change something. That's and the key. you just went through this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is an active, ongoing yeah. process. That does, That's why it's not in the back. That's why I don't like in the background. Because it's not. You're, you're, you're under it making the decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, yeah, I, I don't love the idea of like, oh, something's operating behind me. Like, okay, you're blind to it? That's a, You're blind with a 401k. Yeah. I just... 
You don't make gonna, any decisions. You're going to get me riled up on a 401k. <laughs> you're you're blind, right. though, because yeah. somebody else is behind you making all of the decisions with your money. Yeah, it's like the wizard So you're lost. right. It does operate above you because it's coming back into you and you're making all of the decisions around it. Correct. Yes. Exactly. That's why I like saying that it operates above you. So you're going to be actively adding tangible assets and you're going to be reflecting on it going, does this actually benefit my life? And when the answer is yes, you can add more. But when the answer becomes no, that's when you know, oh, I have to change something. So let's just do a theoretical where you say, I, I, you have a single family residential that uh, you rent for a few hundred bucks and it's t- say it's taking from you. It's not adding what you hoped it would. At that point, you can look at the asset and you go, is the asset class the problem? Is the specific asset that I have the problem? In this case, it would be the house, right? Yeah. Is real estate a problem? Or is it the house? And then thirdly, if it's neither of those two things, am I just ma- is it is it some sort of problem in the management of it? Am I managing it? Is someone else managing it, not managing it well? Am I doing a poor job of being responsible for them? So those are the three ways that you look at your assets. No matter what the problem is in there, you have the ability to fix it. Or yeah, you, it's it. still just making a change. Exactly. You have the capacity to make the change. It could just be the tenant in the house if it's real estate. It could genuinely just be that tenant. Absolutely, which typically comes from, am I good at leasing property yet? Yes. Am I good at running the business of leasing property? Because that is absolutely a business in itself. It's a skill in itself. So if you know it's a tenant problem, you actually know it's a you problem because you accepted somebody who wasn't a good fit. Because you need a better criteria for your tenants. Exactly. So you can learn from that. So over time, you know, your first rental might pay you a couple hundred bucks. But by the 10th time that you do it, each rental is going to be paying you exponentially higher amounts to the bottom line because you're just better at it. Mm-hmm. So that's why, okay, level one, you're starting. You're just beginning. It doesn't even matter if you're good at it yet. You just have to start. You just have to you start You can't practicing. really make mistakes that are going to knock you down too bad when the level one. There's nothing that you're not going to come back. If right. you survive it physically, <laughs> you actually survive whatever you do, you're going to be able to come back from it. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. It doesn't matter if you're, if, if, if you financially fail because of it. You're going to be able to learn from it and you'll be able to come back from that. It's all about your mentality. Part of the reason why I didn't have such a big fear of buying this house, I wasn't so scared to spend the $95,000 was because when we were on the phone the other day, you put it in perspective when you said, these are such small numbers that like the difference, the $3,000 difference, you're like, these are small numbers. Everything's going to be fine. And I realized there's nothing that's going to happen here that I can't come back from. It's not going to be a mistake and I know I'm buying it well. So I'm, I'm not going to be scared to spend this money. Exactly. I'm so confident in this decision right now. I don't remember the last time I was this confident in something. That's good. Well, I mean, you surrounded yourself with really good people that have done it before. That helps right. a lot. Like your network yes. is so important to this. That's why we're here. That's yeah. why we're here for you guys. Like we want to be able to help. So if you guys have situations like, hey, I don't understand how to get my wealth cycle started, put it in the comments. Yeah. And we will I will literally help brainstorm and give you and give you ideas having somebody like you in my life i tell you this all the time there's so many people who don't have a todd in their life yeah and i just want to be that for somebody like i want i want to be able to be a resource for other people because i'm where i am because i've had you in my life you and my dad and Mm -hmm. d my mom everybody everybody around me like collectively i'm i am as successful as i am because i've had you guys and not everybody has people like you a strong majority don't yeah i mean how many people have an uncle that understands wealth cycles that doesn't have a 401k. Right. That actively participates against them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That really activates. Or, yeah. That really does not want you to have one. But again, if you choose to have one, you choose to have one. Um, so you're going to be again. You're, so you're going to be reflecting. 
and you're going to be going, okay, how does this benefit my life? Is it benefiting my life? And you're going to make adjustments. The second piece that you're going to be doing during this level two phase, you're going to be adding different types of investments. You're going to be different, adding different types of assets that might feed your life. So there's a number of different ways you can go about this. You can go cash flow businesses. You can understand uh, equity style businesses, uh, equity style investments. So just give you a couple of examples. An equity um, diversification would be, say, gold or silver, right? It's not going to kick off any cash flow for you, but you can put access capital into it and it's going to hold its value typically. The return's not going to be very high. I don't think it's a great investment personally. But that's okay. That's that's not that's for my life. That's but what's somebody else about. could do it and then decide it's not a good investment for them. Exactly. Like it's up for them to decide if it's a good investment for them or not. Yeah. That's like what's so cool about this is there is no cookie cutter in a singular box. That's why wealth cycles are actually a little difficult to communicate, especially without visuals. Uh, without visuals, like it, when I can draw one for somebody, they usually get it very quickly. But just audio like this can be very difficult sometimes. So if you're listening, mind. yeah, if you're listening audio, we're probably going to do a video eventually on this too, where we, he draws it out. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. talked about doing a three to five minute video where we just draw it. So yeah. Cause usually when you have a visual, it helps a little bit. Yeah. But my point in all this is that it's for you. It's not a singular box. It's for you. It's you molding it to your lifestyle and your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So an equity example would be gold or silver. A cash flow example would be real estate, but also has equity balanced into it. It has tax benefits. Real estate's the best one. It, it just, in my opinion, real estate is bar none, and then everything else is far below it. Because as you continue to partner with God's land, things just get better. It's it's just, they're not creating more of it. They're not making more of it. We're not getting more land. Yeah. yeah. So another way that you can do this is another way you can look at this is you can go, okay, I want to add something. I want to ask myself this question. I'm going to run myself through this filter of instead of my money working for me once in this wealth cycle, and this example would be you have a rental, your money goes into the rental, rent comes from it, comes down to you, and then you can choose to put it back in. Instead of my money working for me once, how can I recycle or move my make my money work for me two or three times before it touches me at the bottom of the wealth cycle? I don't know, Todd. You tell me. <laughs> so that's literally a question that I ask myself. So the, the, the decisions that I've made personally is I use what's called infinite banking. So I own whole life insurance policies. And what's great about them is that you're able to put capital into them. They build a cash value. This The, 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 the death benefit of it is just a bonus. I, I am not worried about the death benefit of it. That, that's not the reason I'm actually doing it. The reason is I can put excess capital into a whole life insurance policy. I own the policy. So therefore I, I can control what, what I do with it. Okay. And what it does is it builds a cash value. And when it bids, builds a cash value, I am able to use that capital on another asset. But here's the key. This is the big difference between say a whole life a infinite banking method versus a traditional thinking, traditional investment savings account, such as a 401k. If you take your money out of a 401k, the compounding growth is annihilated because you are pulling directly from your pool of funds. So any growth that it had is immediately taken away and it can never recover because time is the X factor of compounding. With infinite banking, I want you to think of it as a checking or savings account that you're able to receive a collateralized loan from the insurance company. So you never actually touch your money. So let's just, I'm just going to throw out random numbers. These aren't actual returns. Let's say it's growing 5% per year. Okay. Might be realistic, might be low, might be high. 
let's just say it's growing 5% per year. It's compounding at 5% per year. When I receive a loan from my money, I'm able to use my money again on an asset, which will feed that account. While I have that money out, while I have that loan out, and I'm paying a small amount of interest on it, while I'm paying that interest on it, that money is still compounding and growing at the same rate. So no matter what, that account only grows. So you're saying when you pull the money out, that money actually isn't coming out of it. That The number that it was at is still growing. Correct. And I still pay into it every single month. Okay. So when you pay, when you do you have to pay that money back? You actually don't because it technically comes out of your cash value upon a death benefit. Okay. So yes, if you over borrow or you don't understand how to, how to use it, that's why the learning your financial literacy is so important and practicing. That's why active practice is so important. So yeah, you can borrow your, just like you can borrow your 401k to death, you can borrow your whole life to death. The difference being is that you still have money compounding in your infinite banking method of your whole life policy versus your 401k, which is just now worth $0. So last episode, we talked about how in a 401k, if you borrow against it or take a dime out of it, you have to pay a million and one fees and (laughs) they hit you so hard with those. Do you have that with infinite banking? There is no penalties. So you're not going to get penalized for using your own money. You're not going to get penalized for using your own money because it is technically a collateralized loan from the insurance company. So you will be now paying a loan. But guess who you're paying back when you pay that money back? You're paying yourself back. You're paying yourself back because it's going back into your cash value. So now at level two, we're going to actively practice and build. Okay, how's real estate going for me? Extremely well. I want to be able to add more. All right. So that money's coming to me one time. It gets used one time. It gets recycled one time. I put money into it. It pays me rent. That rent comes to me. I now have the choice to pay back into real estate or I can pay it on my own life for my own lifestyle. Great. That is not a bad option. Okay. That's a one little cycle. Now I've asked myself, well, how can I get that money to work two or three times for me? All right. So I'm going to put money into a whole life insurance policy. I'm going to build cash value into that because again, we're not living off our wealth cycle yet. You're still creating capital. You're still actively earning. I'm going to put excess capital into the whole life. And the whole life is going to feed in. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that whole life money. Once it grows large enough, I'm going to put a down payment on a piece of property. Or I'm going to buy a piece of property out of it. Now that property is going to pay rent. It's going to come to me. And it's going to go back into whole life. And the whole life will go into real estate. So now it's working for me twice. That same dollar that I put into whole life, I only had to put it in one time. Now it's growing in the whole life policy, and now it's also growing in the real estate because I borrowed from the whole life to put it into real estate. Now that same dollar just became $2 or $3 because it's working at the same time. It's double dipping. Okay, I'm a little fuzzy on the double dipping. Try to explain that again. Okay, let let me give another example that people might be more familiar with. Let's move on from the infinite banking or the whole life insurance policies. Cause that's just one method that works really well for us because I'm practicing multiple principles. I'm getting money away from me. I'm paying myself first. That way it's going into the wealth cycle and it's working. Another example would be another good example. In my opinion is index funds. Okay. Do you know what an index fund is? No. Okay. So ind- <laughs> that's one of those. If you don't follow up things. Yeah. I shouldn't have followed up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's just, I'm just going to call it stocks right now. So it's very easily understood. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like most people probably know what an index fund is. I just don't. Okay. Because I don't know. I don't know anything about stocks because I've never been interested in them. Okay. So I'm just going to use the example of stocks right now, specifically okay. index funds, because they're usually very stable. They're slow growers. But what's important here is that 
banks trust in them. They'll be, they, they will allow you to get a loan, a, a collateralized loan against your value of index fund stocks. Okay. Or index funds. Okay. So let's say you own 30,000, you've paid $30,000 into index funds over time. You'll be able to take a collateralized loan from many different banks. Many different banks option, offer this option. And let's say you take, they'll give you 60 or 70% of value. So you can take 20 grand out. Now, it's a collateralized loan. So where's your money still? Still inside of the index fund. Index fund. Very good. Okay. So the index fund, as it grows, your money is still compounding. It's still growing. So it's still doing its thing in there. Exactly. You okay. just have a loan against 20 grand of it. Now that 20 grand, what can you go do with it? You can go buy a house. Exactly. Okay. You can go reinvest it into an asset that will feed back into that account. Okay. So you have an oh, asset. Oh, so you just keep adding to the index fund. Exactly. So you can either add to the index fund or, or you can life. add to the real estate in this example. The, and, yeah. the, and the real estate will pay that loan off for you over time and you on top of it. Okay. So what happens if you take the money out and some, somebody takes the money out and they just go below it, they gamble it all away? Okay. One, you technically don't have to pay it back because it's a collateralized loan. Okay. It just comes out of the cash value of whatever the asset is. Okay. So you, you just won't you, get that money back later. Correct. You are robbing yourself at that point. Okay. So that's not wise to do. Right. So anything in your wealth cycle, you never, ever touch the principal. This is a big time factor. So you have the principal, which is the money that you put in, and then you have the interest or the profit in which the money is growing and working. That's the profit that it kicks off. It's considered the interest. Okay. It's making sense now. Okay. So you're only borrowing from the, the interest or the money that you're, the profit. So, well, you can, you borrow from the principal, but you, but you never, you never put the principal into a liability. Okay. Cause then you'll have to go re-earn that money. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So, so you're, you're saying don't take the principal and go buy a car. Right. Okay. Now you can find value at a discount in the car world too, and have it be a wealth transfer play. But I wouldn't recommend that for anybody just starting or anybody. You could do that. I should not. You should not do that. <laughs> I have done that and it's worked and I've done that and it hasn't worked before. It's yeah. A, it, it's very, it's a speculative play at best. Yeah. So when you're actively practicing like this, when you're thinking about, okay, I'm going to add something to my wealth cycle and you're asking yourself, how can this money work two or three times? That would be another example is anything that is stable enough that you can borrow against it. That way you can have your money back still have your money growing in the original account that you paid it to and then add another asset because of it. So let's just say you have one rental. Okay. All right. You have, you have one rental in this scenario and you decide to add whole life or index ones. Which one you want to do? Do whole life. Cause I think I understand it a little more. Okay. So let's do, let's do whole life. Let's say you have a $10,000 cash value in whole life. Right. All right. Now you take that $10,000 out and you go get a second property. You go put a down payment on a second property Right now you have two rentals. Let's just say each one makes a thousand bucks, just so it's super, super simple. So you have, instead of one thousand dollars a month, you're now making two thousand dollars a month. Right. Now all two thousand of that can go back into your whole life. Right. There's some details and red tape that you have to be you have to be conscious of. Like this isn't a full training on infinite banking, so I'm just these are the concepts. You talk I'm, to your infinite banking guy on that. Yeah. Not Todd. <laughs> yeah. And if you if you need recommendations for people to trust on that, like let me know and I can connect you. But the important piece here is that you're just understanding, okay, I'm placing capital here uh, at the top of my wealth cycle, my first asset, which is the real estate. It's going to play into my second asset, which in your case now is the whole life. And that whole life will then grow on its own. 
And then I have the option of pulling cash value out of it and reinvesting into a new asset. That way I have a second piece of real estate. Now, the second piece of real estate, obviously your monthly income from real estate just doubled in this scenario. Yeah. Okay. How many times can you do that becomes the question. Responsibly. You're not over borrowing in this scenario. You're not running things into the ground. That's why you have to continuously reflect back and go, is this adding to my life? If you are adding debt to your life and you can't sleep at night, don't do that. If it's not value at a discount too, don't do that. You have to buy it well. That's, yeah. that's why it's so important to understand the three financial principles. At level one, the beginner level of the well cycle, you're practicing principles one and two. Pay yourself first, get debt on a plan. Wealth cycle number two or wealth level, wealth cycle level number two is financial principles one, two, and three. You're understanding true value. Oh, so and I'm at, I'm at that, that. If you start practicing. When yeah. You start pra- yeah. Okay. You're starting to practice yeah, at that so I'm level. There. You're starting okay. to understand true value. If this is worth a hundred grand and I buy it for 70, I'm going to be up. Yeah. How many times can I do that? Your life's going to get better. You can literally dumb it down to that level. Like you can just write that in crayon if you need to. <laughs> If something's worth 150 grand and I can get it for 100, I'm going to win. Yeah. How many times can you do it? Make it that simple if you need to. That's your second level. And then and then you move into the third level of the wealth cycle building, which is you are living off your wealth cycle. You have enough real estate. You have enough whole life in your, the scenario that you wanted to build there. Index funds, stocks. Uh, you have... You could have ETFs, you could have gold and silver, you could have all these kinds of different assets, whatever you want that fits your life the best, that are feeding you at the bottom of the cycle, that you're able to live off of the profit of it. You're never touching the principal. So the example I like to use, if you want to buy a Ferrari for 200 grand, awesome. You have to put that into assets first that will pay the 200 grand for you and it doesn't change your life then. You never have to worry about selling it because things get tight. When you're at that third level, you're asking yourself and you're running through the filter of, am I putting my healthy wealth cycle at risk by making this decision? And anytime the answer is yes, you move in a different direction. If you say no, you can do it. That's the beautiful part about it. Another beautiful part about this, time speeds up when you're doing this. When you get in repetition, your velocity of capital speeds up. And when your velocity of capital speeds up, you can get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier, quicker and quicker and quicker. So most people consider themselves, oh, it's too slow for me to invest. It takes too long to get a return. That's what you hear most of the time when somebody's talking about like any sort of stocks or index funds. They're like, I'm putting this money in now and maybe 30, 40 years from now I'll have more money. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Or they're thinking traditional retirement plans and things like that. Yeah, where you can't even touch it until you retire. They're not taking into account that when you're building a wealth cycle, the results are compounding. So if you make one good decision and you get one good result, let's just say that one good result's worth 500 bucks. Then you make a second good decision and you get a second good result. But the second good result is worth 10,000 bucks. So it just becomes, how many good decisions can I make in a row? And if I can get up to 10, 12, 14 good decisions in a row, now you're making 20, 30, 40 grand a month and your wealth cycle is operating above you Now you get to pursue your purpose without having to fund it through a traditional job. They don't understand the compounding effect of good decisions. Yeah. So that's what you need to be focused on because that's where your results come from. We talk about getting out of a a nine to five, but this is ultimately how you do it. Oh, yeah. This is how you this is how you stop doing the job that's sucking from you so that you can follow your passion and your purpose. Yeah. If you are unfulfilled in your job, this is absolutely the way out. This is the way out of paycheck to paycheck living. This is the way out from someone else designing your schedule. 
This is the way out from financial suffering. It from solves all of trading them at once. All of your time for your money. Like maybe you make a lot at your job, but you're trading so much time for it. Yeah, there's a reason a strong majority of professional athletes go broke. People call people will say, Oh, so and so is so wealthy, he made a hundred million dollars or eighty million dollars or sixty million dollars. It's not about the amount of money that you make. It is the understanding of how you can place it into something that will create time for you. Wealth is a measurement of time, not riches, not a not a financial dollar amount. Right. If you want to be rich, you can work your butt off and be rich. If you want to be wealthy, you have to create something that will pay you when you are literally sleeping 24-7, so 365. You're buying your time back. Yes. That's the only way to get your time back is to invest properly into a wealth cycle that will pay you no matter how your day is going. That's why I say with a wealth cycle, you can have a bad day and your net worth will still go up. Right. So at what point do you think somebody, I guess we could use me as an example. At what point do you think I would do like an index fund or whole life policy? You can start anytime. The, the beautiful part about this is it all depends on you. So everybody's going to be different. Everybody's different. So whole life, I will be the first to admit, is not for everybody. Yeah. There's a lot of details that you need to discuss with a proper broker who you can trust and really learn from to see if it's right for you. Because you might not have enough excess capital to put into it right now to have it make a difference in your life. Right. So that's something that a lot of people uh, struggle with. They're like, well, I'm going to put 50 bucks a month into it. That's not going to do anything. You have to be at a level in which you can put excess capital into it where it when it grows it makes enough for you to have it make sense for you but again that's for your life that's the beautiful part about it so index funds do you have enough to, to get into them right you have to start at some point that's why i don't think that's step one yeah there's steps to build up to it that's why it's a part of level two yeah and level one is just starting and level one in my personal opinion needs to start with a tangible asset because you're be, you're able to be in and out of it and it's protected and it's trusted. Yeah. So anything tangible, it's not going to be stolen from you. Right. So you're saying that you have to have a certain amount of money to go into if you're going to do a whole life or an index fund. And the yeah. way we would do that maybe would be wholesaling. Yeah, it's a great yeah. it, by building your skill sets. Your level 1 focus. Your level 1 wealth cycle focus is building new skill sets that will pay you more and more and more. You want to be actively working on building your earned income. You want to be scaling that. If you make 50 grand a year right now, you need to be asking yourself the question, what skill can I learn that way I make 100? Don't raise your level of living. All you do is take that extra 50 that you make and put it into the start of your wealth cycle. And at that point, what happens is you make your 100 now and you also have this operating above you. So now you make 110, 112 without having to work any extra hard. And then you can take that extra 12 and now you place it into a second tangible asset. And that's when you really start looking at, well, how can I make sure my money works for me two, three, four times before it touches me? Right. So that's how you transfer from level one to level two. Yeah. This is just proof that everything we talk about ties together. Yes. You've just mentioned four videos that we've talked about already, all in one. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. And everything that we've talked about has started to tie together here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have to be practicing the financial principles. You have to understand that you spend money to make money. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, I mean, wholesaling, we haven't really talked about wholesaling a lot yet, yeah. which is something that we will get into because- But we've I, talked about skill sets. Yes, we've talked about skill sets. You have to have a, a skill set to start this whole thing up. You have to be earning money somehow mm-hmm. to do this. And you don't need money to start your wealth cycle. Right. You don't need money to make money. You said you spend money to make money. Right. That's more level two practicing. Yeah. 
But spending, you don't have to, a lot of people say, well, it takes money to make money. It doesn't, because if that were the case, I wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in because I was broke when I started. How many dollars did you have? I had 11. Which this is where wholesaling comes in. Yeah, when You I don't st- have to have money to start. Exactly. When I started in real estate, I had $11 in my checking account when I closed my first deal. Yeah. 11. Yeah. So if it took money to make money, you I wouldn't would, have any. I would still have $11. So that saying is ridiculous to yeah. me. It's not your money that makes you money in the beginning. It's your skill sets. Exactly. You started with $11 and you found a skill set and you used it and you practiced it more and more. And that's how you got where you are. Yeah. And I failed a bunch and I got told no and I got beat up. It's actually what I learned from my uh, shirt that I'm living that I'm wearing here is from Tom and Jerry. You learned that from Tom and Jerry? Yeah. What'd you you know how I learned from Tom and Jerry? How? Because if you watch Tom and Jerry... You will learn to never quit, no matter if you get <laughs> persistence. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, if you watch that show, it, it it never quits. Whether you're getting hit, whether you're running into a mousetrap, whether you're falling down, whether you're failing, whether you're getting beat up, like no, no matter what, you don't quit. I think, yeah. But kids should watch Tom and Jerry more often. <laughs> so I think that it's important if you are in a position where you are where Todd was and you have $11 in your bank account, $20, whatever. And you are like, how do I start this? I think a great place to start would be not to plug the book, but to read the book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, the reason I put the book out there was to touch every wake of life. Cause the book so, is $20, isn't it? It's 15 or 20. It's, 50, up to, it's, uh, yeah. it's up to Amazon. <laughs> it's on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Whatever Amazon decides to price it at that day is what it's priced at, but it's usually 15 to 20 bucks. And the reason I wrote it at that level was because if you have 15 to $20, you can start and build a new skill set that way. And the link will be in the description for the book. It's called, If You Can't Wholesale After This, I've Got Nothing For You. So it will teach you the skill of wholesaling real estate with absolutely no money or credit out of your pocket. That way, you can build a skill set. You can earn more money that way. And then you can choose what to do with that money. Wholesaling is a great way to generate the capital to start investing in other places and assets because like I could sit here I'm a photographer I could sit here all day and say photography is great but you can't start photography for free yeah I mean, you need a camera you, you need, need a camera you need gear wholesaling you don't need anything to start right yeah absolutely not the book you, you probably need the book because you probably don't even know what wholesaling is but <laughs> yeah, mo- yeah most people don't yeah I didn't know what it was until I read the book so but building your skill sets is what's important there so in all of that level one building skill sets, actively earning more income, and then placing it into your first tangible asset. Level two, actively practicing, refining, adding and subtracting assets that work and don't work for you. So once you do those two things, you're going to move into level three. And level three is where you're actually living off of your wealth cycle and you are teaching others what uh, you've learned. And then also giving back, giving like others can't, living like others can't. But the beautiful part about level three is it creates longevity and opportunity. I've never told anybody this. I haven't even told you this. So a big reason, let's just say not a single person watches or listens to this podcast. Okay. I will still continue to do it because I'm going to be able to hand it to Wyatt and it's going to be a playbook. I never even thought of it like that. It's going to be, I am able to capture what we've been practicing and what we've been doing on a platform in a digital format, physical format, because we have it on, you know, the, the hard drive and everything. I'm going to be able to hand that to him one day and go, this is how you can pursue anything that you want. You can fund it this way and do absolutely anything you want in your life. And this goes back to what we were saying, how not everybody has a Todd in their life. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has, I mean, a lot of people probably don't have anybody who are at that third level mm-hmm. and who are 
teaching others what they do. That's the important part is that you're at the level where you're living off of your wealth cycle and you're teaching others what you've learned. Yeah. And we're privileged to have you around because you're teaching us and you're teaching people on YouTube now. Yeah. And why it's going to have that. Yeah. Where like a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. So my purpose in ending financial suffering, it's not just outside, it's inside. Like I don't want Wyatt to fall into financial suffering because he doesn't yeah. know any better. Or Anya. Yeah. She's one year old right now, but like Anya, I don't want her to fall into it at some point. I'm going to be able to pass this on to them in which they will be able to practice and pass on to their kids. Yeah. And cousins and nephews and all and all and all the, and and all the different things. Generational wealth. Yes. Wealth of knowledge. <laughs> so generational wealth isn't from money. Yeah. It's from experience and wisdom. Yeah. There's a lot of families that end up going broke that started with a whole lot of money, but they don't know how to what to do with it. That's why the that's why people who are rich can actually be in financial suffering. We mentioned the professional athletes earlier. They are rich. They're not wealthy. They don't understand how to handle money. They're just really high income earners. So they have jobs that they earn a lot of money at. So when the job ends and they no longer earn the money and they keep the lifestyle, they run out yeah. inevitably. We posted a short about this. And in the short, you said something along the lines of um, how people who even people who are rich can be in financial suffering. And there were so, there were comments and people were like, you're crazy. You're yeah. so wrong. They're like, this is a rich person saying this. Yeah. So money doesn't solve all of your problems. It just makes you more of who you are. So you will just arrive to your problem in a Bentley now instead of a Honda Accord. That's the difference. People don't understand that you can be rich and be involved in financial suffering. And the reason for that is because people become enslaved to the amount of money that they're making now and trading that amount of time for it. So they don't understand how to stop trading their time for that amount of money. So therefore they get caught on this hamster wheel or caught in this life cycle of raising their lifestyle before they're truly ready for it. So people who make a lot of money are absolutely financial suffer financially suffering, especially if they're afraid of losing it. That's another form of financial suffering. I mean, there's so financial suffering is on such a wide spectrum that you can't place it into a singular box of like, Oh, it's only people who make under this amount of money. Like, no, you can make a lot of money and still be financially suffering because you have heart issues with money. So therefore it's actually controlling you and you're not controlling it. That's, I mean, your example was perfect of like NBA players or just any like professional sports players who have so much money, they make millions a year and either while they're still in the sport or like later in life when they declare bankruptcy or don't have that money anymore, just yeah. because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you're wealthy. That's not wealth. No. And that doesn't mean generational wealth either. No. Yeah. No, because they're not passing anything down of wisdom or knowledge or experience. The other piece, too, is there's a very good chance that when when it makes you more of who you already are, if you're making a lot of money, if you have internal heart issues with money, those become more difficult to overcome because now more, more of the thing that causes you a problem or exposes your problem is around. Yeah, if you're if you are scared of losing all of your money the more money that you have the more money you have to lose it's only going to get worse yeah it starts feeding the problem and that's why the wealth cycle is the answer to all of this and practicing it and moving up through the levels you know one two and three the first two levels you're practicing and you're actively practicing wealth creation 
you're in a wealth creation phase. And then level three of the wealth cycle is you're in a wealth enjoyment phase where it's more so focused on creating longevity and protecting the wealth versus necessarily creating as much as of much of it as humanly possible in a short period of time. So for anybody who's interested in learning more about wealth cycles or um, these, these conversations and concepts in general, where, what are good resources aside from the podcast here, like books that you've read or where you learned about wealth cycles? Not to, not to be that guy. (laughs) Okay. You're allowed to be that guy. I'm allowed to be that guy. All right. It's going to be in the description down below. Okay. And it's, the financial literacy course that I've built. Okay, perfect. It's, it's it's the financial literacy training. I don't know anybody else who talks about wealth cycles. Okay. I, I, I really I've never don't. heard of it until you. That's why I'm asking where you learned it because we're doing a great job of explaining it. I feel like I'm definitely grasping it more after this conversation than I have ever before. Yeah. But I know there's going to be people who watch this who are still like, I don't know where to start. I want to know more about what this even is because a 52-minute po- long podcast is not going to be enough to yeah. really fully pound the idea into somebody's head. So where did I learn it? I learned it from mostly pain and suffering. Yeah. (laughs) That's step one, pain and suffering. But two is working with a lot of different people who are well ahead of me in the wealth game. Okay. Like I have friends that make me look homeless. Yeah. Right. And in discussing and having discussions with them. Now they're not teachers. Like they don't have anything available out there for other people. They're private, which is perfectly fine. But that's, you know, that's, Part of their purpose, that's part of their mission is doing what they're doing. Part of my mission and purpose is to be in the public eye explaining it to people. Right. So like, there's different avenues there that need to be met. But a lot of it is from, again, pain and suffering, but the experience of working and talking with other people who are way ahead of me. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine, which is part of the exciting piece of, I'm not going to compare myself to somebody who's on their chapter 15 when I'm on chapter three. Yeah. Right. Or an example, or I'm at level three and they're at level 10. I'm just going to ask, hey, how did you get to level four? Right. Not level 10. Cause I'm not ready for level 10. How did you go from level three to level four and then gaining experience from what their experiences were gaining, gaining wisdom or knowledge from what their experiences were like, Oh, Hey, I ended up going bankrupt after earning a bunch of money because I did this. Like, Oh, well that was because you were focused on liabilities and you weren't asking yourself the question, is this going to put my wealth cycle at risk? Right. And you said you, you plugged the, the courses that you're, that you made. Yeah. Um, and when people purchase those courses, they get put in the Facebook group, right? Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. opens up to way more people. So that's so that that yeah. So that's the second piece of that is you know me being around better people. Yeah. And people who could teach me. That's exactly what I provide. Right. That's exactly what we provide is because I want people to be able to be interactive within the community. So if you have a question, now you can just ask it directly to us. Yeah. So if you purchase a course or a class from you, they automatically gain access to you and the people in your network by joining the group. So there's a yes. Facebook group that you get put into. Yes. Correct. So that, that definitely helps where he was talking about how you have conversations with people who are ahead of you. There's plenty of people who are probably ahead of you in that group. Yeah. And we don't have representatives in there. It's actually us. It's yeah. actually me. It's like, not, it's not some, it's not me on Todd's Facebook account <laughs> typing <laughs> answers to this. I, though I do know quite a bit now, yeah. um, it is not me. It is Todd answering your questions. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually there for you. That's, and that's the whole point. And that's the exciting piece of it too is it's the networking piece. It's the piece of getting around better people. All of these are little steps to make you practice a little bit better and level you up a little bit quicker. When I've mentioned in the past, the best investment you can make is into yourself. I am such a believer in that because that's how you raise yourself up. When you hire someone to teach you what you've, what they've already done, what you want to do, 
you're, sh you're shaving years off of your learning curve. You're saving hundreds of thousands of dollars and adding an extra hundred thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to your bank account over time. And it's compounding because you're better at it quicker. So you get results faster. And you're not saying this is somebody who is trying to sell something. You're saying it because it works because you still have mentorships that you pay for. Oh, yeah. You still pay to learn from people. Buku this isn't you saying pay to learn from me. This is you saying practice practice. Yes. Yes. Practice and investing yourself. Yes. Practice getting a result out. Practice reflecting on it going, was it right for me? Was it good for me? And how can I make it better? Right. Because that is a start. Level one of the wealth cycle. Grow your skills. That way you can put money away or money away from you that will start to work from you. Invest in a tangible asset and it starts to feed you. Okay. So we're going to give people a few steps to take to get like walking out of here. What would you say? First one. Get money away from you. Every dollar that you earn, some percentage of that has to get away from you. You have to put it into an investment into yourself. You have to put it into a bank account that's away from you that it doesn't get spent. It doesn't go to another company. It doesn't make somebody else rich. It has to start making you rich. Right. And that way, that when you start looking at a tangible asset and growing your skills and looking at, oh, I have excess capital now. Where should I place it? You can start your wealth cycle. Okay. And we say 10%. At, Generally, at, at absolute minimum. Okay, that's absolute minimum. So ten percent of what you make, you should be putting paying yourself with and putting it somewhere else. Without question. Yeah. Okay. What's the next thing they should do? I I, I think I. That's uh, a good start. I think that's where you start. If you okay. are already at that level. Yeah. Say somebody has some money saved. Then what? What do you do? I think you should look at a tangible asset because what you're going to do is you're going to buy something at a discount. Again, earlier I mentioned if you have something that's worth 150 grand and you can buy it for 80 grand, you're going to win every time. Yeah. Like uh, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to lose when you're buying something at 60 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the dollar. So you want to start looking at tangible assets that you can buy at a discount. You're going to solve a problem of some sort and you're going to be able to get into value at a discount. That is the start of your wealth cycle past paying yourself that first little bit because you're going to start paying yourself that way as well. I think that's what's so cool about this podcast is the more I think about it, you've that you're somebody who's done this over and over and over and over and over again and more importantly continue to do it yeah you're still practicing it yeah. but you've done it over and over again whether it be wholesaling you know buying an asset a house all of the real estate things and i'm doing it for the first time it's awesome yeah that's why i'm so you, people get to see both you. points in it mm -hmm. yeah that's why i'm so proud of you when when i got the text <laughs> or when i got the call well it was a text first and then an immediate call i didn't even have time <laughs> to respond to the text immediate call of I'm going to put an offer in. How should I build this offer? And it was all about, you even mentioned it earlier. You're not the highest offer, but we want to go with you. It's because you were quick. You click quickly applied. How do I strengthen my offer without raising the price? Yeah. Because there's so many ways to do that, but people don't recognize that. That all comes from actively practicing. So that's you entering, you know, really in level one, but starting to transition to level two. And actively practicing and adding to your wealth cycle, no doubt, millionaire, million. You're 20 right now, millionaire by 23, probably worth eight figures by 26, 27. Like yeah. I'd be, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I just think that. that and it's I wasn't helpful. worth eight figures until 33. Yeah, but you also didn't now, start this until you were like 29, 25, 20. Oh, 25. Okay. 25. I okay. was 25 when I started. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was trying to play professional baseball up until that point still, but you like didn't have a Todd. 23, 24. You didn't have a Todd. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. And well, these was... people are going to have a Todd now. 
Yeah, that was that was the big piece to me investing in myself, joining entrepreneurial groups, just learning things that I liked. I didn't like I applied. I was like, yeah, like one of the first things I actually uh, invested in myself was a stock trading course. So I was a day trader before I got into real estate. And but how I learned that it wasn't for me, it wasn't that I was necessarily bad at it. I was about a break even trader, but it's when I was profitable. I still didn't didn't enjoy it because I was in front of a computer screen all day. Right. So it didn't fit my life, but that fits a lot of people's lives. Right. I have friends Somebody that make else millions of dollars a month in years from uh, stock trading, day trading. It's incredible. They have yeah. ice running through their veins, but like it's in, but it's incredible. But it's for them. That just wasn't for me. So I and eventually shut enough wrong doors that I walked through the right one with real estate, and the rest is, you know, the past nine, ten years has been me building this. Right. And if if you aren't proof enough that it works, just you and all the things you're doing, I mean, they're getting to watch me do it now too. Yeah, we'll they're gonna sh- watch me trial and error, fail, succeed. We, we have a slow moving Aisley documentary, which is incredible. <laughs> This podcast is going to act as my documentary 10 years from now. <laughs> you know, we're going to look back at this in five years, laugh, love it, all of it. And yeah. we're going to go, man, you remember that? That's why I'm so excited right now. That's why I'm so excited we're catching this yeah. on camera right now with you. Because you're going to remember your first property buy. We're going to be able to look back at this and see what your emotions are like. Everything. I mean, you came in the house jumping up and down. I was, like, I was save literally that. dancing circles around the island in the kitchen for like ten minutes. He's like, "Save it for the podcast. Save it for the cameras being on." I, I was be skipping able to this. down the street last night on my walk. I take like a nightly walk. I was skipping down the street like a freak, skipping down the street. I was so ecstatic. I'm so happy. Yeah, and it's just you. When you make a good decision, you get a good result, and when you yeah. make a second one, you get an even better result. Tell the people what to watch. This podcast, this YouTube <laughs> channel. I'm serious. Keep coming back to this YouTube channel. It's really important. We're going to have educational videos coming out soon. I'm really excited about that. If you're watching this two years from now, they're already out. Um, but make sure that you're consuming the content on this channel because I, we are here to help. This is a genuine for help. As I mentioned earlier, if nobody watches, I'm still going to do this because I'm going to pass this to my son and my daughter. If nobody watches, I'm still going to do this because I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm going to become a millionaire by the time I'm, you say 23 or 25. No, 23. 23. I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 23 because I'm participating in this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So consume the content on this channel. This channel will be helpful for you. Down in the description below, you'll be able to find links to join the community so you can interact with us. Please do that. That would be fantastic. You can find courses on financial literacy and real estate. That's super helpful. So no matter what you buy, no matter what you pick up and invest in yourself, you'll get access to the community. That way you can act directly or interact directly with us, which is really important. So that's a huge value. But like, subscribe, and please, please share this with somebody that it could be beneficial for him because we're trying to create a movement here of, of actual honest financial help because financial help and ending financial suffering, you have to handle the heart issues with money. A lot of the other channels that I watch, they only talk about process. This is not a process. This is not a boxed solution. We're not giving you step by step to get money. No, you have to solve your internal heart issues first. That's why this is important that we have such a discussion about this, that way you can apply perfect example is your current situation, your current examples, what you've overcome and what you've dealt with and what you've worked through and now you're practicing getting your first house. There's other people out there, especially women your age, that are going, oh, wait, if she could do it. I can do that maybe too. Maybe I could do it. And How do I do that? And then they go back to the seeing is believing. Yeah. Right? When in reality, you know, 
vision is a function of the heart. You got to be able to have faith without. I don't know any of the twenty-year-olds who own a house. Neither do I. That's why I'm so proud of you. It's a function of the heart. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Tremendously proud of you. Congratulations. I'm really excited to continue to share that story and see where it goes and and see all the the future the future additions to your level two wealth cycle building. So yes. What other videos? If you didn't watch the 401k video, go watch the 401k That'll video. That'll make all of this come full circle because you're probably really confused if not. If if you don't understand why you shouldn't have a 401k or why we think, we, well, why we don't have 401ks, go watch that video. Yeah, why the 401k is the devil. Go watch that video and let us know what you think in the comments. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs>